0: Hey Quero's Cammy here. Well, very exciting news because today on the podcast I've got Jill Gutowitz, who just wrote a book called Girls Can Kiss Now and I was supposed to do, Jill's a buddy and a hilarious writer. And I was supposed to do a live event with Jill in LA but I had to cancel because I'm in Vancouver so my friend Gabrielle Korn was there and I think it went great. Anyway, this chat is super cute. And hey, if you like books, my book, Save Yourself, is coming out in paperback this month on March 22nd. And I'm celebrating with an event on March 27th that is free. You just have to register at CameronEsposito.com. You can come join me, Andrea Lawler, who wrote one of my favorite books in the last couple of years, Politics the Form of a Mortal Girl, but also Ijoma Alulo and Andrea Gibson are going to join me. It's incredibly cool. And I can't wait to hang out with you. So that's March 27th, and it's actually a brunch event. So it's at 10 a.m. Pacific, or it's at 12 if you live like uh, Central Time. Why are we calling out Pacific and Central Time? Because it is also sponsored by Women and, Children. Women and Children First, one of my favorite bookstores in the world, which is in Chicago, and Book Soup in LA. But you can join from anywhere, it is virtual. Please come hang out and listen to some real, true smarty pants as they smote your pants around. And enjoy this episode of the podcast featuring Jill. I've been feeling wrong, but I'm still holding on, darling. I know, I know, I know
1: it's careless. I
0: always have folks introduce themselves. Will you introduce yourself?
1: Sure. Uh, my name is Jill Gutwitz. Um, I'm a writer. I'm going to start saying I'm an author soon I guess but ah even though I have technically already written the book it's not out yet so the imposter syndrome is still there <laughs> but I yeah I guess I guess I'm an author now and
0: how long have you been like okay with even just saying that you're a writer you know like because that's yeah. part of the, the part of what's in the book is sort of how you got to this place. So how long has that been something that you felt like you could even feel comfy saying?
1: Yeah, totally. I feel like coming to a place of being okay with saying I'm a writer is a a coming out journey in its own for writers. It's like definitely a thing. Um, And I feel like once I was writing this is a bad answer because I feel like you're a writer if you know that you are writing things and want to write you know but <laughs> my own personal journey was I think once I started writing for like publications is when I felt like okay I'm now less embarrassed to tell people that I'm a writer because I can show them this article that's published and so the co makes me feel okay but that's not the message I want to preach so <laughs>
0: You would like to preach that it comes from within and not from with
1: and not from without, but yeah, that's not your yeah. experience. No, I'm I'm still grappling with my need for external uh validation. So how's that going? I no. I'm you know I'm on that journey. Yeah, it's it's going. Um, you know, I think I've had I've had wins, I've had losses. Uh I think um honestly, like a lot of the pandemic what you know it just things kind of priorities come to light and uh, a lot of the external validation stuff that I was focusing on, even like social media on like the smaller end of things, um, kind of like melted away in really like good and necessary ways. And now it's just about maintaining it.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I've sort of talked about this in some other recent episodes, too. I don't know if those will air by the time this has aired, but um, I'm, like, social media is currently kind of broken for me.
1: Mm -hmm. Same.
0: Um, I don't really know how I want to use it after, like, a bunch of years of just feeling, like, really comfortable telling jokes on Twitter and then, like, posting, you know, um, whatever on Instagram. Then I got into, like, deep cuts of photographs with me and my dog that felt comfortable for a while <laughs> of us in matching office that felt like where I was where I was happy I don't know I think I'm feeling like um just more like I want to keep some things for myself than I did at other ages um
1: totally I don't know I will say as a consumer I feel like your the images of you and your dog in the same outfits were were they have, to me were what you should be using social social media for, because <laughs> I yeah, was enjoying. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, it's like like
0: sometimes you look up and you're in the midst of a great project, yeah, um, and that's sort of what happened there. Um, yeah, but actually, this is there is something. So um, you you have a book that is coming out. What's the publication date? March eighth. March eighth. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're recording this like a month ahead of that, mm-hmm. and. Uh, um it's called Girls Can Kiss Now. And um you and I are gonna do an event together. Yeah. Uh well your, it's your event that I am. No, we are together. Of. Yeah. Um, but it's your event. Uh, <laughs> uh through Skylight Books, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um and read the book to prep for that, but then also for this. And um one of the first things that stuck out to me, um, is that you have this story about... um, Well, first of all, congrats. Thank you. (laughs) And second of all, um, you have this story about um, the FBI (laughs) coming in and talking to you, busting you for a tweet. Yeah. Can we just wet uh, our (laughs) listeners' whistles by uh, hearing a little bit about this instance? Because I have... This is going to be a back-and-forth story time. Uh, What is the biggest reaction you've ever gotten to a tweet? Yours is is different than mine. Yeah, But I have had an equal, not an, it's not equal, but I have had a a weirdly large reaction to a tweet. Yeah. Would you, I'd like you to go first.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and I will preface this by saying, and I say this in the book too, that it sounds like the most made up story of all time. Like it sounds like something like an old <laughs> recluse, like warns a, like a youth about, um, but it, it did happen. I, um, I got a knock on my door at 11 a.m. on a day in October uh, 2018, I think it was. And um, it uh, it was like two men in black wearing like suits that looked like they were from Party City under like FBI detective. Oh <laughs> and oh <my> I, <laughs> I was like, is this Jehovah's Witness? Like what's going on? Um, and, you know, they were they asked my name. Uh, They were like Jill Gutowice. And I was like, yep. And then I was like, oh, no, why did I admit that? Because are who are these people? And at the time, I was living in an apartment that had a very like narrow stairwell entryway where there was truly no in or out once somebody was standing in it. And it was like these two big men. I was just like, it was very threatening. You know, anyway, they said, you know, we're with the Federal Bureau of Investigations. We are with the department that investigates threats of violent crime. And I was like, my family is dead. Like what has happened? Oh, my God. Um, and And it just like devolved from there because I think like each step was so unbelievable in its own right. Like I was like, you know, the FBI is at my door, if it's even really them and not like two trolls who found my address. What does this mean for me? And maybe this comes from like a sick, twisted childhood fantasy. I was like, no, like my whole family is dead. And like, I'm going into witness protection or something (laughs) like that's where my mind was at. And then it got worse because it actually was about a tweet that I had sent, which is insane. Um, They asked if I had any threats to kill a U.S. or um, any intention to kill a U.S. senator. Um, Again, insane. I said no through shivers. Um, they, like, were glancing behind my head through the apartment and seeing... I had, at the time, a a painting that I had made of Jamie Lee Curtis (laughs) hanging on the wall. Just, like, stuff that, I don't know, to me, does not signal going to kill a U.S. senator. Um, And... Uh, I don't know. I mean, (laughs) what what era Jamie Lee Curtis was happening in the It was... It's the meme of her pointing and yelling at somebody it's like a conversation she was having and was papped.
0: <laughs> I don't I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know what they're I don't
1: I haven't been through FBI training so I don't know what they're looking for. I don't to be honest. I don't either. To me that is art for no one. <laughs> but um <laughs> but me, well that might be
0: it when yeah. I mean, they're looking for things that might be art for no one might be one of the things. Right. Um
1: yeah. and you know, other visible pop culture items. I had like a magazine of Taylor's with Taylor Swift's face on it out. And I think that there were just things that signaled like, this is literally some who from the internet. Um, But, you know, they basically, they handed me a (laughs) a black and white, like printer paper printout of my tweet, which I thought was so stupid. I was like, do you not have like nicer paper at the FBI (laughs) for this? Um, and it was a tweet I had sent um, the day that Brett Kavanaugh was confirmed um, by the Senate. It was um, it said Arya Stark voice um, and then the list of the names of the senators who confirmed um, him. And if, if you watch Game of Thrones or if you don't, I will explain it the way that I did to the FBI, which was um, you know, Arya Stark has a kill list. That sounds bad. It's not a kill list, but she has more of a revenge list. And yes. every night before she goes to bed, she recites this list. So it was a joke yes. and not, in my opinion, a threat. Um, but a bunch of um they got pretty candid and told me that basically a bunch of Republicans had taken this, you know, as far as it can possibly go and reported m- me f- filed real. Because the tweet did well. The tweet people, yeah. a lot of people saw it. There was a lot of it went, yeah. It
0: whatever. And we didn't even know that. Those Congress people watch Game of Thrones, but they did figure out what it meant. Right. And yes. It. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It. Um. It went viral, and people started like snitch-tagging, like at FBI, at Secret Service. Are you going to do wow. something? And I was like, so. And I, I had asked them. I was like, you guys aren't like checking the FBI's mentions for threats, right? Like that's not real. And that's when they told. They were like, no. Basically, a bunch of people filed real reports in against you in like a coordinated effort um and there was this whole thing that after parkland happened um there were new protocols in place where uh because the fbi had known about or had been tipped off about the parkland shooter um and didn't act that people were able to be like well you knew about it and you didn't do anything and now they have new protocols about the things that they have to investigate including knocking wow. on random entertainment writers doors um and yeah and you know everything was fine minus me remembering this for the rest of my life um but um it was really scary and just a a, a, a really harrowing reminder that the things you say online are not just online they're the online is the real world you know and these yeah. are real people that respond and um react in what i think are Extraordinary and terrifying ways, but... Well, I mean, the funny thing about that is, like... It's,
0: like, I would never have worried seeing that tweet from you. But then I also am completely... Like, we are ideologically in each other's... Yeah. ...same category, and I wouldn't really be afraid of anything that you would write. Mm -hmm. It is funny, like, thinking about it, you know, um, like, if I saw somebody write that, that was somebody that I, like, totally thought their other views were abhorrent, Mm -hmm. and it was a list of people that (laughs) I cared about or defended or had voted for, I mean, I wonder what I would think. I think it is just, like, this sort of wild thing of how, like, Just to your point, it's like we just don't know. We don't know each other on the Internet. Like, as like it's—we know each other. The circles that—I think sometimes I often forget how, like, limited my circle of understanding really is. Like, if something is tweeted into my timeline, or I'm, like, not really on Twitter that much these days, but if something is, like, entering my purview that's from, like, a source that I don't know or understand, or that I might have, like, every ideological difference with, it's like there isn't a— I don't live in that part of the internet. I don't have other, I don't have context for that person. I don't know who they are. Like we really do. You're right. The internet is the real world, but it's also like we rebuild the communities we're already in Mm -hmm. on the internet. Like it's like who we choose to follow, what we, you know, even the TikTok algorithm that's like predicting what I want is like listening to me. So it knows (laughs) what I want based on like, uh, surveillance, you know, I mean, and, and other, and, uh, what i happen to lurk on the longest no it's so you know it is like a it's a strange thing um to have like i think about donald trump being president and that he was treating tweeting insane things that like (laughs) actually affected the stock market or like international (laughs) relations and he's using like the same interface that i'm using yeah um Shit's wild.
1: Yeah, no, I and I had written in in, in that chapter in the book that three weeks after the FBI showed up at my apartment door, um, the um, Cesar Sayoc, who was the MAGA bomber, um, was arrested. And it was because he had mailed pipe bombs to Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton and all these, you know, big Democrats. And um, that was what got him arrested by the FBI, And later they found that he had been tweeting threats at Joe Biden being like, hide your family. And like that didn't get flagged, but they were at my door three weeks before that. Uh, So it is it's crazy. And and I agree with you. It's it's like our our scope on the Internet is so limited as much as I feel like Twitter has opened up, opened me up to conversations I wouldn't normally have been a part of or perspectives I don't always see. Um, you know, you see it every time, like a dumb, like tweet of mine about like Lady Gaga expands beyond my normal, like following or circle. And it gets, I don't know, 3000 likes. And then some guy is responding being like, I think Lady Gaga is a great artist. And you're like, great. Like, (laughs) um, not my normal response, but she is a great artist. (laughs)
0: There's two times that I can think about this that are, like, coming to my mind that are just wild things that sort of... Yeah, I want to know yours. You just haven't... Okay, so my one is, I was on a plane, and I bought, like, a half an hour of internet. And I was watching Carol. Hell yeah. And it had been edited so that the two characters never even kiss. Yeah. Um. And I like tweeted that that was true. And Trish Bendix, at the time, I mean, and now I think she works for the Times, but she's somebody I knew from like when we both lived in Chicago, and she was a baby journalist, and I was a baby stand-up comic. Mm-hmm. And she saw me tweet like about no kiss Carol, and then I like lost internet. But Trish <laughs> was at the time writing for. I think she was writing for After Ellen, which then, which, which is not what it is now, mm-hmm. but was at the time um, by MTV. So MTV picked up <laughs> that I wrote this, the, about about there not being kisses in Carol on planes. Mm-hmm. And then from that, it like went wide. Like it like went to like, literally like by the time I landed, so I was like, I can't remember where I was flying, but it was like a three or four hour flight. There was like, it had been like picked up by the AP. It was like a what? huge... <laughs> Um, media thing that the Weinstein company had to actually put out a statement about. Oh, my God. Um, this is pre-Harvey Weinstein, like, being exposed for yeah. uh, his monstrosity. Monstrousness? Monst- whatever. Mon- yeah. Who he is? Monster. Him. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it was like, uh, it was one of their, <laughs> it was one of their scandals right before that. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> and it, And they had to, like, address this, and they said, like, yeah, they had a version that like they sold to um airlines that had been edited so that there were was absolutely no physical contact between the characters and i and i can't remember if after them having after they put off a statement if they did anything to address it but it just was a wild situation of like i tweet like i can't believe they're not kissing in carol yeah and by the time i land like the the production company has <laughs> has directly addressed this because of, like, a media That's onslaught.
1: That's uh, It was wild.
0: And also, fuck them.
1: Yeah. That's the word. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I
0: remember watching... Also... Oh, wait, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, somebody was watching Billions, <laughs> the show Billions next to me, and Paul Giamatti was being ball-gagged. No. There was, and, and that was... Yeah. This is, like, that was fine, but mm-hmm. then Carol couldn't even be nobody could even like lightly graze yeah no fingers
1: grazing (laughs) yeah yeah I I actually remember watching um Carol on a plane to England with my dad and he was like I've never seen this and I was like oh we're watching it and then the the kisses and everything were cut and I was like and I was exasperated and I just leaned over and I was like they hook up here but I guess it's not in there and he was like (laughs) "Ah." I was like okay (laughs)
0: Yeah, somebody, I can't remember who this is. This might have even happened on Query, so if there's a listener who remembers this, but somebody who's my friend was like, oh, I've only ever seen that. Ver- I, like, broke oh, the no. news to them. They were like, they kiss? And I was like, yes, <laughs> they more than kiss. And they were like, oh, that makes it make so much more sense yeah. why everybody's so angry with that. Yeah. Because there are people who saw that movie and they were like, this husband is very mad about their, like... <laughs> Deep friendship. They're just you know? playing anyway. with
1: trains. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, why was her so are her kids gonna get to Yeah? Because they went on a drive? I don't get it. What the fuck's this movie about? Oh my god. That is so that's, funny. That's one of them. And then another one that I'm thinking of is that just like reflects when like a tweet like broke the bubble mm-hmm. of my sphere was that um when during like it was the debate where it was going to be Hillary, where it was Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. And he was like menacing her. Mm-hmm. It was that debate. Yeah, And um, Mad Max Fury Road <laughs> was like in the zeitgeist at the mm-hmm. moment. Um, and I tweeted, um, you cannot... Love Mad Max Fury Road and hate Hillary Clinton. That's what I tweeted <laughs> at the time. Look. It's just how I felt at the time. And I, Things have I just,
1: changed. It's fine.
0: We've I all just grown. tweeted that. <laughs> I just tweeted that. But anyway, it um broke the bubble of like my sphere yeah. and i got a bunch of death threats. Yeah, yes. It's horrible. A bunch of death threats. And I was like, this sentence? Like yeah. it's
1: a stupid sentence. I, like this is this is. You're gonna kill me about this sentence. I know. I I trust me. I I understand. And I this is one of the. I mean, the FBI is a huge reason that I've like pulled back from social media. Certainly. Um. And I feel like I'm like keep getting hoisted by my own petard because I like keep being like, no, nah, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna tweet something stupid about euphoria or whatever. And and like even the most menial like, quiet opinions seem to elicit tr- literal death threats. Like, I, last, two weeks ago, I tweeted something about how Kate Blanchett should play Hunter Schaefer's mom in something, because I was like, oh, they actually kind of look alike, like, and are both awesome. Perfect. And, I, I mean, like, how, how much more, how much less opinionated can you be than saying these two people kind of look alike? And I tweeted it, and I don't even. I still like. It's plaguing me. Like I don't know what I did wrong. But all of these teens started tweeting me to kill myself, and I was like, I don't get it. Like, wh- wh- whose team are you on? Do you do you hate Kate Blanchett? Do you hate Hunter Shape? Like, wh- what did I do? I don't. What What's wrong with that? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with that. I'm just I will asking. Say the- great
0: use of "hoisted by my own petard." Thank great you. use of that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> My one literary reference, <laughs> but um, I don't know, I mean, I think you know, just in general, um the internet is i mean am i am I wrong, or is this also how you like broke into getting bigger writing jobs like that like that you you were writing, but you're yeah, the way that you used Twitter and like yeah, that is that influenced when you got hired to write certain pieces,
1: right? Correct. Yeah, totally. I feel like it was like a kind of side by side influencing each other kind of thing where once I was, once I like had gained more followers, it was much easier obviously for, to like reach out to an outlet and be like, I would love to write something like this. And then um, again, I, I, I fundamentally don't agree that a follower count or external validation should determine someone's worth, but it, that was the reality at the time, and right. it did help, so yeah. Yeah,
0: and I think I just mean even in terms of, like, creating a, you know, a coherent sense of who you are, you know, um, and then being able to translate that into writing, because, you know, how I'm first familiar with you is that, like, there are very few people who... um sort of cover the range of specifically queer pop culture but then like women who love women in queer pop culture lesbians bi women and like um a like non-binary and trans-inclusive version of all of those things but like lesbian culture mm-hmm. um I that you know it's like You, (laughs) Gabrielle Korn, has been (laughs) influential in that area. You know, Trish Bendix. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of other people I know who even... Melinda Lowe, like, used to really work in that area um, in a different era in her life. Um, But, I mean, it's weird that I... I guess not... It's not weird. It says something that I even know all these people's names because it's like... Why are they... It's just because I was reading all of your stuff and I was curious about what you were watching. And it is, I mean, can you think of, am I missing, are there people I'm, and I don't mean like, I don't mean, peop, you know, obviously there are people like Roxanne Gay, who's like, you know, she's a queer person. She's like writing about her own experience, but I mean, specifically like covering pop culture for, you know, major media outlets. Um, yeah, no, I, from it, this angle, I, I can't think of too many others.
1: Yeah, no, it's, um. it's like, uh. it shouldn't be so narrow, but I feel like there's only, um, you know, and, and Trish Bendix is like she's she's kind of the goat in a lot of ways. You know, like she's um, she's the first person that ever published me. And um, oh, is that true? Yeah.
0: Why have I not had Trish on Query? This is just a moment where I realize I need to get her on the show.
1: Yeah, but yeah, uh, no. Um, she's where did them. she publish you on After Ellen before before yeah. the before it was usurped? But um, but uh, yeah, she. You know, I feel like. I once I once I came out once I started following um you know more queer women um I was definitely like super intrigued by her and um there was a whole like world of like you know gay pop culture that I Bernard obviously
0: mm, yeah and everybody Oh my god! I can't. I'm so. That's humiliating. Obviously, <laughs> Reese Bernard and everybody at Autostraddle. Yeah. But um. Yeah. Keep going.
1: Yeah. No. It, um. I. I. I actually. I don't have much of. Um. Much of a. <laughs> a full thought there. It, it is. Um. It is weird, and I think that that's probably the reason that I've had any success is because like it for some reason. Um. You know. I think it's. There's two sides of it. It's like, not a lot of people were besides Autostraddle and After Ellen before it was usurped and you know, whatever, like there wasn't a lot of coverage in like, um, Glamour and Cosmo and Elle and all the like women's magazines and whatever, which I like felt like I tried to use what I had learned at, um, after Ellen or, um, into and like these kind of like queer outlets that I was writing for and be like, these are things that like women in general are interested in and, um, tried to write about them for like larger Um, you know, magazines, um, but it it does. I'm gonna, I was just gonna say, I'm gonna push
0: back on one thing that you said about this is why this is like the reason you've had successes because the pool is small. And I'm gonna say that, first of all, no, I disagree with that. I think, um, being able to tell a publication that they are missing a queer angle on something Mm. is that like that's the skill, right? You know, and obviously that you're a great writer, but I just mean like, um, I don't think that the small pool means like that you will automatically rise to the top because it's not like these people no unless no. I'm totally wrong, it's not like they're coming to you and saying, like, write the queer angle on this. Like you're like pitching them like yeah. there's a queer angle here that you're missing, right? No, that's, totally. And that's wild, you know, to think about um one person making that, like having that level of influence, you know, like that glamour would just not have these stories in them were it not for you pitching them, like, here's the queer angle on this or, or I'm a queer writer and I'm going to write, you know, about Taylor Swift, but like, I'm, it's going to, it's going to have my gaze and I'm, my gaze is gay. (laughs) My gaze. Yeah.
1: Um, Um, Yeah. No. and, And I think it goes, you know, both ways where once I, you know, once that like channel was open, it was like, I was communicating with you know my editors would bring me stuff and be like is there something gay that you wanted to write about this and i would be like absolutely but yeah and and you know i didn't mean to to say like that there is a small pool because i think it's like this like myth of um of the demand for queer content being small or you know whatever that is just like not true and i think that um i am definitely not the only person by any means writing about these things or nor nor even close to the first but there is um y- you know I think that I think that if anything it just proves that there is a demand and there should be more of it and that we should let more people write about these things and let more people be yes. funny about it you know I agree I was actually just giving you more credit that's what <laughs> I was trying to do I was trying to Thank give you. you
0: more credit than than you were giving yeah it yourself. no it's
1: like a hard question because I'm like it, it feels like a, like a why me? And I'm like, I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, I mean, but there are also people listening who might like, maybe they'd love to, to figure out how to do this. And I, I just think that something that, that is interesting to me ab- about like another thing, you know, as we were, as I was reading your, your book, I was like, it does just suck that um, the stuff that, the things that are like my cultural t- touchstones um are not by the way i also love being part of a niche <laughs> uh community with niche cultural touchstones oh absolutely. but it's also but it's also you know so there's like pride in that and like i think it's cool but then it's also wild to read you know just the name dropping sections around um like movies that you love for instance and just realizing that like most people in my life probably haven't seen these movies so i wanted to talk to yeah. you about about movies for a second cuz there's like very few people in my life that I can talk to about <laughs> lesbian movies yeah. but you. Let's do it.
1: <laughs> um all right. Your favorite favorite lesbian movie. Yes. Um I think Imagine Me and You uh is 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 up there because I think it's it's such a I I have the biggest soft spot ever for 2000s specific the 2000 specific tone and take on like, a romantic movie or a romantic comedy. Um, And there were so few um, queer movies in that era. And Imagine Me and You is, like, essentially your classic Jennifer Aniston, like, oops, I fell in love um, movie. And it's gay, and it's hot, and it's so cute. (laughs) And it's just great. And also...
0: Lena Haiti, amazing in it. Mm-hmm. Um, very dreamy. Yeah. Question about it though, mm. how, why did it have to have you're a winker number nine <laughs> enter the canon as the like most romantic end line that could be yelled across traffic?
1: I, um, I, I can't understand it.
0: <laughs> can, I, what, that doesn't hold up. And, and not only does it not hold up, it it shouldn't have even been in there to begin with. So it's
1: that's a tough yeah. part of Imagine Me and You. Yeah, no, it is. And what's really funny is literally two days ago, I was on a Zoom call and my girlfriend was watching it in the other room. I don't know like what inspired her, but she just suddenly put it on. And the cadence of that sentence, like I didn't hear anything until the loud... Eurowanker number nine came on. And it was like just the cadence that they say it in is so recognizable that I felt like I like my head shot towards the television. I was like, Well, imagine me and you it's on. Um yeah, I I don't know. Um, you know, mistakes have been made in almost every um lesbian movie. This maybe has um fewer than most um and is fun. That's yeah. Okay, so that's your favorite. Mm. Uh, sexiest. Can you give me a sexiest? Hmm. Sexiest. I fucking love disobedience. Um oh, yeah. 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 Or um no oh, okay, wait. Never mind. The favorite. I think the favorite is like so sexy. You would say that's sexiest. I think it is I so sexy. I have to sexy. rewatch the favorite. I feel like there's there's like there's certain like lines or moments that are just so powerful to me like okay. Rachel Vice like pinning Olivia Coleman by the throat against the bedpost hot um there's that moment where um olivia coleman says uh because she's like because i like how it feels when her tongue is inside of me and it's like yelling at somebody and it's just so like uh, 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 right 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 okay i haven't seen that i haven't seen it in a minute you're right you're right
0: that's all in there you're totally right that's in there yeah but can i ask you a question in terms of in terms of televised moments where somebody's throat is being pressed against (laughs) the wall the more recent one in Dickinson
1: yeah. would be my preference. You know, I actually haven't seen the third season yet, which is insane. Oh my god. I know. <laughs> I know. It's Jill, cr- this is what are we doing here? I don't know. It's a crime. It is a crime. Um, it's because I do that thing where I subscribe and unsubscribe to Apple TV like all the time. Um. Right. And it's I haven't um I haven't signed up for it again. But uh I I also will say like I feel like this is not a popular opinion, but I thought Ammonite was hot. Like they give you nothing. Oh, it's hot. Because there's. Oh, no, hot. Yeah, no, it's like they they give you they give you really hot moments, and then they cut straight to coal. You know, like coal burning or like mud yeah. sloshing. Like they they I think visually they were like we want to communicate that after this great thing happens, shame. You know, which it works, but um. I thought Ammonite was very hot. The face sitting was, I've never seen anything like it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta rewatch that right after this call. Yeah. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta pull that right up. Um, okay. Funniest. Um, what do you think is the funniest lesbian movie?
1: I'm a big like um, Lisa Cholodenko gal. Like, I, I, I really like The Kids Are All Right. That one really makes me laugh. And, um, like I love a dramedy, um, but also, um, but I'm a cheerleader. I feel like is very, very LOL. Deb's is very funny. Oh, Deb's is so funny, and I'm. I feel like I'm. I am not being paid, but I'm constantly promoting Deb's to people. Like it's like one that flies <laughs> under the radar somehow.
0: A little bit more. Who would be paying <laughs> you for that in 2022? That's what I want to know. Is what retainer you're on
1: i ha- i don't i don't know um what's the the director's name angela uh robinson yep yeah she's she's got a fund and she's yeah, just
0: she's she's out there siphoning
1: me a few dollars every few to- <laughs> <laughs> every few years um okay well th- that was uh wait what's your funniest
0: oh i think it's well I recently rewatched Debs and I thought that was hilarious. That's right. But um in the day the first time I watched it I loved um kissing Jessica Stein <gasps> because it is it's it's the cuts. There are great cuts in that movie like yeah. there are it's it's very dry. Mm. It's very funny. It's a very, very funny movie. I'm um, actually
1: mad at myself for forgetting about that because that's what, usually when people ask, what's your favorite lesbian movie? It's like, imagine me and you kissing Jessica Stein. Like yeah. those are like, and the kids are all right. Like those are like my top three in general. I think that it's yeah. like an amazing 90s movie that has been like passed over too many times. Um, you know, yeah. there's like some problematic, stuff at the end where it's basically like, you're not really gay, Um, but... uh, Yeah. Like, there's just like, like, tonally, there's just like nothing like it.
0: They're so funny. Yeah. It's just such a funny, it's such a a funny movie. And Um, hot. It is hot. Yeah. Yeah. And there's this, that really sweet moment um, on the porch um, Mm -hmm. with uh, Jessica and her mom. Yeah. It was like... Love it. I like really needed to watch it because I was... Having a hard time with my parents at the time, but my favorite uh, all-around mm. um, lesbian movie is *Saving Face*. I love that movie. I think it's like, yeah, it just is. It's like got everything. All of the the whole cast is amazing. Like, it's got a great B storyline. Um, it's just a great movie.
1: Yeah. Also, just like aesthetically, like it's just like it's it looks great. Yeah, it's beautiful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know what is also cool is that I, I like know Alice Wu now. I've gotten to tell her that that's like my favorite lesbian movie. Hell yeah. Incredible. That's awesome. Incredible. <laughs> can, can you believe? I cannot. What happened to this young Tammy? No. Who was watching that movie <laughs> 20 years later. She gets to tell the director to her face. This is the best. It's my favorite. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Yeah. But I mean, I, uh, oh, and I'm also like a, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I love Carol which is why yeah. I, which is why I had to be directly addressed by the producers yeah <laughs> my preferences upon
1: it. I feel like Carol of all of the movies that I have just mentioned even is like the, the lesbian movie I've seen the most like it's one right. that I will put on in the background just for just for a good vibe <laughs> you right. know yeah This is also like
0: you're you are a writer. You're going to be an author soon. You can say that, <laughs> too. Um But your book is, you know, your book is also in this same vein of like, you know, you're writing about. um There's some autobiographical stuff in there, which mm. is awesome. And then it is yeah. also it's, it's queer pop culture stuff. It's like lesbian pop culture stuff and the intersection of those two things, which I think is like, you know, what you've done in every piece of writing that of yours that I've ever seen. So mm-hmm. it's, it makes a lot of sense. And, um, but it's, it's this thing of like, sort of ending up a professional lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and how, how does that feel?
1: Yeah, no, it is, uh, like, it's very funny. Um, cause you know, the, the, it's like it, the book kind of starts off in this place where I, as a child come out to my mom as wanting to be a famous actor Um, (laughs) and realizing that, uh, I kind of like realized throughout the book and throughout my life that that's, it's not, that's not my path, you know, to be a famous actor on iCarly, um, (laughs) (laughs) which is okay. And, um, just like, is not something that in my adult life, I, I'm glad that it didn't happen for me. Um, even though I put in zero effort to achieving that, but you know, yeah, right. right. The ultimate (laughs) But the ultimate the ultimate joke is uh, that I did come out as gay and now I'm kind of doing that professionally um, and somewhat publicly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, how does that feel? It feels good. I mean, like, I I think in general, it's good. I'm I'm I am glad that I um, have the career that I have and that I get to write about the stuff that I like and about my own life and kind of work some of that stuff out together. And, um, you know, I, I, I also think about how many people share similar opinions and tweets of my, of mine, you know, and like share this kind of stuff and talk about it online and also are just an accountant or something. And I'm like, that sounds really nice too. I'm like, what if I didn't <laughs> do all this on this scale? And I simply consumed the things that I liked, um, Uh, a little more quietly what would that look like but i think does it take away your enjoyment um sometimes i think it has in the past like there's uh you know i I think that getting to write the book was awesome because it let me step away from the like constant cycle of consumption and writing without getting to like really process things because that's like how fast like media works um and so, like, I don't like that element of it. I don't like having to, like, watch something and in the morning be like, here's my opinion on it, you know? And, it, and in, in 800 words, here's my opinion. Um, like, it feels contained uh, in a way that I don't love. Um, so I think, like, in general, I would love in the future to consume art more freely so that I can make art more freely, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, it does make sense, actually.
0: I totally yeah. know. I mean, it, this is, you know, a little different, but I like recapped um, Gentleman Jack yeah. and then the first uh, season of Generation Q for Vulture. And mm-hmm. I actually asked them if I could recap Gentleman Jack because nobody was doing it. Mm-hmm. And I wanted like more ink to be spilt yeah. <laughs> around uh, like lesbian show. But yeah. I will just say, I. I watched it with um, – it's got screeners. I mm-hmm. watched it with, like, some friends of mine who are, like, not the same kind of, like, like queer culture media junkies that I am. Like, I yeah. really love queer media. Yeah. And um, same thing, actually, with Generation Q. I don't know why I did this. I just didn't know at the time. So I thought, I thought this was fun. I was like, oh, cool. I can, like, show it to people and then I'll, like, write about it afterwards and whatever. And, you know, take notes during and everything. But I was watching with people who didn't, like – love this who just like didn't come in with a hundred percent love and so i think it shows up in the recaps where i'm like this is fine or whatever like this is cute <laughs> or this is bad or this is good whatever it is yeah. it's like very sort of detached and like um then after the fact i just re-watched like a bunch of clips of gentleman jack and i was like oh this is like adorable yeah like I, I think i i didn't fall for it the first time like i didn't think it was like a it didn't like capture my heart the first time i watched it and then with some more space i i found that i liked it a lot more than i realized i had and i was like why the fuck did i write about this and put that <laughs> into the ether yeah um you know that's not really how i feel about this but anyway um
1: yeah no i get that i'm i i feel like you know when i first started doing this like i was like fucking jazzed to get a screener of something ahead of time. And I was like, hell yeah. Um, And it was like fun to do that. And now there's like certain times where I'll like be screening something with like a shit ton of time codes over it. And there's like the audio isn't finished and it just like looks (laughs) and is bad. And I'm like watching it with my girlfriend, and we're like and we're like, this sucks. <laughs> it's kind of like world's tiniest violin because it's not a real problem. But it's <laughs> like, you know, like that's not fun. Like what is fun is when the L word generation Q is airing and my friends come over and we watch it and shout at the television, What? <laughs> you know, like that's right. fun um, to do. And so I think that like Yeah, there's, like, an element of, like, it takes some of the joy out of it if you have to do it it professionally or, like, eke out an opinion about it right away or something. So I think, like, um, I, I think the book felt good to write because I had more time in general to, like, sit with things and write things and go back and edit them and really, really think about what it is that I want to say and communicate without such a hard deadline. And I think the, like fun of that comes through hopefully yeah it does for sure
0: and and i i guess i want to ask you since i mean i i love everything you're just saying and um yeah i mean i think the book is 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 like its own experience because it's also a lot about your own life it's different than Mm -hmm. just reading you write about something in like a sort of a short turnaround way yeah um and i think It also gives a lot of context for like how you ended up being somebody who's so interested in in these things and I and and me too, you know, like Mm -hmm. looking for community and being really affected by television and film is like something that we share and that I really. Yeah, like I really care about this stuff because it really was um, formative for me Mm -hmm. and um, I'm curious what you are loving right now. Is there some? Are there some things that you're loving right now that you could talk a little bit about for our listeners? Since you're, a, you know, you are you're a, an expert on queerness. Wow! In in pop culture. Thank in you. Media.
1: That's that's awesome. Um, Isn't that wild? That is crazy. Um, I um, I genuinely like with my whole heart love Euphoria. Um, I'm ready to be made fun of for that. I'm I'm ready to take that. By who? Me? I I don't know. I think it's, like, a really easy show to make fun of. And, you know, and, like, the memes are great. The memes are fire. But also, I think it is, like, the most interesting show on television in so many ways right now. And and it's also, I mean, like, I think, like, the contrast of um, And Just Like That slash Che Diaz versus um, what's unfolding on Euphoria um, with queer women is, or with queer people in general, is, like, um, it, it's it's very night and day. And I think, like, Euphoria's characters are so whole. Um, I, like, I love Jules. I love Rue. I love how, like, messy and flawed and even at times, like, completely unlikable they are. Um, and... Uh yeah, I I really love I really, really love Euphoria. So I think that's like my favorite thing happening right now.
0: Um yeah, I'm not caught up, and even with not being caught up, I like know what's going on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: like feels unavoidable. Yeah. Um and uh I will say that, you know, so like I watched the first season um and was floored actually by the the way that Jules was introduced um, and the things that we saw about, like, I think I think Hunter Schaeffer's an amazing actor and, and really uh, love what she's bringing to the show, like, across the board. But mm-hmm. I also thought that, like, um, the, like, makeup and styling and um, what they were showing of her body was super fascinating.
1: Yeah, totally. I I
0: do feel curious about the, like the who's making this show question of it that i don't totally know how i feel about because i don't actually know everybody that's in the writer's room there Mm -hmm. um or everybody that works like in the rest of the crew yeah but it is interesting to feel so affected by the way a show is treating young women and to have the person who created that show be like a man who's much older than those characters. Totally. Um, and I know that addiction is something that that person like openly speaks about having experience with and that's a huge topic in the show. But it is, it is like an interesting thing that I've just thought about in myself. Like, when I watch things that I really love that have queer characters, especially if those queer characters are like, are women, and then it's like, you know, Carol's directed by a dude. I mean, yeah. I it's it's like always this thing of like, it gives me some, I've I, I become curious uh, with myself about, like, how I feel about that.
1: Do, yeah. do you think about that with with Euphoria at all? Uh, absolutely. And I think, like, I think with the first season of Euphoria, I almost wrote it off because I was like, oh, God, this show is so, like, male, masturbatory, like, their lens of what they think, like, queer teens, you know, look like and whatever. And, um and i kind of like wrote it off I, I i like kind of enjoyed it but i kind of wrote it off and i do think this season is truly outstanding and it has okay. made me think a lot about um you know the creator and um i feel pretty like you know solid in my credence about like men especially straight men making like lesbian movies and stuff and how it's almost a fun pastime watching male created lesbian movies and just being able to tell so fast, so just so quickly, like, that this is a man who made this movie, you know, based on the, just the smallest things between these characters that would never happen, or, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. There was, like, a really funny scene. I'm just, like, thinking of something that made me LOL um, in... I forget what the movie... I forget what it's called, but it's, like, the movie with Elliot Page and um, Kate Mara, and oh right 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 right. And there's like a scene I can't remember what
0: that's called either. It's like in the f- trees or something yeah. like that. There's in something like the, forests yeah. or
1: yeah. And there's yeah. like a scene where one of them like goes to gather the other one's hair and just like puts it in a like ponytail or something and I was just like I've literally never put <laughs> my girlfriend's hair <laughs> in a ponytail behind her head like that. Like that's just I just I was like I I that I it sent me to IMDb and I was like yeah this was made by man. Got it. Um but you know and so i feel pretty certain that like that shouldn't happen and that it's really obvious when it does um and it can often be really predatory feeling and looking and so i have been like grappling with my myself and my consumption of euphoria and think and you know i'm like is my next progressive thought that Men can make lesbian things. Yeah, I mean, I I, absolutely, like
0: I'm open to I'm open to changing my mind. Yeah, like, what if I mean that's that's I love I love that I love yeah. getting to that place where it's like, yeah, totally. I yeah. mean, totally. That could be wow. What an, yeah. an amazing place it would be to arrive there. I mean, the other thing that I'll say is like, um, you know, I mean, identity is so it turns out, like, flexible on a long enough timeline. Yeah. Like, we don't know everything about our own identities or about other people's identities. Like, I mean, you know, actually my other favorite lesbian movie is Bound. That is an amazing yeah. movie. Yeah. And it makes a lot of sense to me that, you know, you know, now I, I like thinking about, like, oh, and that was actually, like, that, that was made by women, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, before I knew how that way identified like that was still a movie that i love so yeah. i mean
1: That's it, true. That's is
0: true this is really complicated <laughs> this uh, is yeah. really complicated stuff yeah um and i appreciate you just talking it through with me um of
1: course you know what else I was gonna say besides Euphoria that I truly, truly loved in the last like month or so was um. Tell the, me the Sex Lives of College Girls. Did you watch that? I
0: haven't seen it yet. I've, this is what everybody is telling me is yeah. that it's amazing.
1: It's so I have I really laughed out loud. I really love the characters, and it is really hot in a surprising way. I love a good mommy storyline. <laughs> Oh, there's a mommy story. Line? Yeah. Oh, I don't, well, now I blew it, but it, I don't even know what that means. Sounds great. yeah. No, it's like a like a hot mommy situation. It's like it very. If you like Carol, watch this.
0: Okay. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Uh, awesome. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for the tips because yes. I, you know, our listener, our listeners got to know. Yeah. Um, but before I send you back into your day, and by the way, mm-hmm. the folks who are listening, they can come see us talk more about. Yay. Lesbians and pop culture. If they live in Los Angeles. Yeah. uh, Skylight Books. And hang on a second. I'm going to even find the date. It is. Do you know it? Off the top of your,
1: is it it your publication? Yeah. It is. It's March 8th, the day the book comes out at 7 p.m. I'm so excited. I'm so happy that you're doing it with me. I'm like, all I wanted for this event is because I'm not a stand-up and I'm not somebody who performs publicly. I was like, I just want somebody who is going to like make me laugh and make me feel comfortable. And you were like the first and only person I thought of. I was like, Oh my God. That's so sweet. Yeah. No, I was, I'm so, I'm just so happy that, that you, that you are down to do it. And I'm excited. Yeah. And you know what else? I'm totally, I'm so good
0: at <laughs> uh, making people feel comfy right there next to me. It's yes, going to be, you're going to be, I'm, it's going to be so chill. That's thank the God. vibes are going to be good. Thank God. <laughs> um, all right. Well, before I send you back into your day, I wanted to ask you to shout out a queero, which is a person, place, or thing that made you feel that you could be who you are today. Would you shout out a queero, Jill?
1: Absolutely. I I thought really long and hard about this, and I I I do think. <laughs> at first, I was like, it has to be a person. It has to be a person. But then I thought more broadly. Um, Orange is the New Black is a show that I wrote about heavily in yeah. the book that. You, more than anything I have ever consumed, like changed my life and helped. That was like the final push that, or or like the only real push that like knocked me out of, uh, the the closet. And uh, it it changed me in so many ways. And I also, um, honestly miss it dearly. Like I think that we don't have, you know, it obviously changed over the the course of the years. But um, those first few seasons, I was like, we just don't have anything. Like that, that is like as good, as serious, as funny with as many queer people, especially queer women of color um, today. We just don't.
0: That's actually such a good point. Um, Yeah. I mean, you know, what that show was able to do in terms of its ensemble is, yeah, it's not, that's not on TV right now. Yeah. Um, I can't, yeah, I can't think of some, just because it's such a, the the ensemble was so huge also, like in it, and each character was so, so well explored um well that's really amazing i mean yeah I, yeah i know some you know i i feel like yeah absolutely yeah
1: i feel like it, it's it it makes sense for me to call out a show that i watched as my queer <laughs> but
0: uh um, yeah, yeah i so, love that yeah. i love it i love
1: it too <laughs> you know um yeah yeah, yeah absolutely you. Well, um, yeah thank you i i this was so much fun